thinking about this the other day, remembering laying in the field, staring up the sky, counting and waiting for pain to subside. I am Cheryl Witten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. This episode is brought to you by the brand new ebook, Diffusing for Beginners. I created this ebook because there's so much confusion around aromatherapy and diffusing, and so much discussion and so much debating about what is safe. This ebook breaks down the mechanism of smell, the real dangers in your home from synthetic scents, and explains how aromatherapy can actually transform your home and space into a clean and natural haven. Discover the safety considerations around certain conditions like epilepsy, asthma, children, how to diffuse around pets, and more. Experiment with 48 different all-season diffuser blends. Diffusing for Beginners is available now on Kindle. Our guest today is this beautiful woman named Katrina Harrison, who I attribute my love for aromatherapy and for having changed my life. It is through this woman that I learned about aromatherapy, and I am forever grateful, and I'm so happy to share her with you today. So Katrina is this beautiful, gentle soul, And she's struggled with health her entire life since birth. As a child, she went through a lot of trauma, which carried over into her adult life, and which is one of the reasons why she started to really investigate health and how she could help herself and get better, and which is where she found aromatherapy. And as she began experimenting and discovering the power of essential oils, she started adding them to her food and started creating recipes and started trying new things to improve her health and wellness. And so today, as she continues exploring all different aspects and avenues of health, she is passionate about sharing and discovering emotional wellness. So today, we just kind of dig into what trauma is like as a child and how it affects you as you age and as you go into the world and her experience with aromatherapy and how it changed her life. So without further ado, Katrina Harrison. Okay, so we are here today with Katrina Harrison. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We're so happy to have you. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm so excited to be here. This is amazing. Congratulations on the podcast. It's so awesome. Thank you. So yeah, you're really our first guest. So we're excited to dive into this. So we have known each other since forever. And actually, I'm so grateful for you because you're the one who really introduced me to essential oils right from the beginning. So I just want to kind of talk a little bit with you about your experience with essential oils and your life journey so far. But I like to ask my guests, just start off by asking about their childhood and upbringing. So where are you from and what was your childhood like? Thank you, Cheryl. Um, Yeah, so I am so grateful. I just want to put that in there too. I'm so grateful for you and for the amazing support uh, system that you are for me. So and thank you so much again for having me on here. I, um, so I grew up in a small, uh, basically in the bush <laughs> of <laughs> northern Ontario, um, on a small uh, dairy farm. And uh, in lots of ways, I had a really idyllic childhood in the way that we were raised and not a lot of people around. Uh, I also love to say, Mom, if you're listening, <laughs> raised by wolves. <laughs> but uh, we had, um, like an amazing childhood in that sense. And for me, I um, had a lot of health challenges as a kid. So um, a lot of my memories of growing up are intertwined with 
thinking about all of my health challenges that I had. And we played like outside. We basically lived outside. And I was thinking about this the other day, remembering laying in the field, staring up the sky, counting and waiting for pain to subside. And so it's I was, oh, wow. yeah, when, yeah, when I talk about her childhood, I was like, oh yeah, there was a lot of, which was normal to me at the time. And so I didn't uh, really understand that till later on, um, that, that that was actually not normal, but I was seven uh, weeks old before I had a, um, a BM. I don't know. Can I say that on here? Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, um, my mom, of course, I wasn't the first one in the family being born. So she was, uh, like that was a red flag to her and the doctor's told her all along like that's just normal for her and so um, as you can imagine I had a lot of um, health challenges and I like I think I figured out at one point that I like my body didn't work that well in that sense and so <laughs> it was uh, like very 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 sick um, as I got older because every two weeks I would have a um, a movement so that's you can just imagine how unhealthy wow. that would have been so, so did you have were you diagnosed with like a condition or something no the doctors um my mom took me to we went to different specialists um throughout my childhood and it the word just kept coming back like this is normal for your kid and uh yeah so they they couldn't really pinpoint exactly what was wrong. So one of the things I ended up doing um, that turned out to be a little bit helpful was uh, starting, like we met with one specialist that gave a little bit of guidance, but in terms of, yeah, it was just no diagnosis, like this is normal for you. Wow. So, yeah, so not exactly. Uh, <laughs> but that's you know, actually it, super fun. No. <laughs> memory. No, and that combined with when I was five years old, we had a, uh, a family tragedy. Um, I was in a car accident where our, our, my brother, uh, there was my brother and my sister and I in the car and, um, my brother didn't survive. So there was, it was a major tragedy. So I was five years old. So at that age, I remembered a lot. So there was kind of that trauma. And lots of times I think the doctors kind of thought that that trauma was maybe mixed in with the issues I was having with my digestion. But the reality is my digestion problem started long before that tragedy actually took place in our family. But And so did that impact your health as you were as you were growing, the two together? Did yeah. you notice changes? Yeah, definitely. So one of the things, um, like I had a lot of like nightmares and I didn't sleep very well and I the nightmares like would like they started um, after the accident happened and they carried on through into early um, adulthood and so it was um, that was like the main thing alongside with my digestion um, and so there was a lot of like I would just wake up and especially if I was in a vehicle too like it didn't happen just at nighttime but if I happened to fall asleep in a vehicle which is um, it was a car accident where my brother was killed so that I wouldn't, if I fell asleep in a car, I would for sure have a nightmare and stuff as well. So the two, yeah, combined together. <laughs> it, yeah, it posed a lot of challenges for my No mom. kidding. That, I'm sorry that that was the, your experience. I mean, that's pretty profound for a child. And what, how did that develop for like your parents? Like where, was there a, any kind of help? Um, yeah, no, so this was in a time as this happened, um, like 20, almost 
uh, it'll be 25 years this summer coming up, or 35 years uh, ago. So, you know, that was in a time where there was no support. Like now we have so much available to us, so many resources available. And of course, I think part of that had to do with where we lived. We lived in an area, very isolating area as well. And so there just wasn't a lot of resources or support for the family. Um, years like after the accident, my mom, um, there was some counseling and stuff that I believe my mom was able to go to. And that was helpful a little bit, but definitely there's a lot of heaviness in our family because of that. And, and, uh, you know, there just wasn't support and help around. And so thankfully they had family that lived around them that, you know, of course was supportive. However, in terms of receiving, you know, more medical help now, we're so lucky there's, you know, there's so much awareness on grief and, and, you know, even for children and how to deal with that. And so, grateful that, uh, you know, we live in a time now where there's so much more available when this kind of thing happens to people. But back then there wasn't. So yeah, like the landscape of mental health treatment and management and, and grief management has totally changed for sure. It sounds like you had PTSD. Like, is that essentially what you had? Or I guess you probably didn't have a diagnosis at the time. Yeah, no, we didn't have a diagnosis. But you know, when I look up the symptoms of that, so um, it definitely like I definitely fit the bill for that. Um, But I didn't have an official diagnosis or anything at the time. So as you got older, like you said, you had nightmares as a as a teenager. What was it like when you when you left home? Did it improve at all? Did you or did it kind of go sideways on you how like how did you cope then so when I left home that was when um actually like I actually ended up getting a lot more help but definitely when I first left home and I think that's when I realized you know that I was different and that this was probably not something that I needed to continue to deal with like I realized all of a sudden you know growing up not a lot of people around us like in a in an area where there wasn't a lot of people I moved to Western Canada in a big city that was fast growing with a lot of young people and you know being around I had never been around that many uh, young people that like people that were my age and all doing you know fun things together and and I started to realize like oh not everybody has nightmares (laughs) like I'm the only one doing this and and you know I remember specifically one time we were going snowboarding and I happened to fall asleep in the back of the truck like I was sitting in the back seat in the truck and I woke up and we were on the side of the road and everyone was like in my face, like, are you okay? Like what's going on? And, uh, one of my friends at the time, he's actually my husband now, but he was sitting beside me and he was like, I think you were having a nightmare. Like, are you okay? And, uh, I was like, I felt awkward and weird when I realized like everyone was very concerned, like this didn't seem like a normal thing. And that's when I started realizing, oh, okay, maybe there's something maybe I should talk to somebody about this and see, you know, what's, what's happening here. Cause that, and so that led me onto a path after that of, I uh, moved in with a family that I ended up rooming boarding with. And so that's when I got introduced to essential oils and I got introduced to uh, like brain gym and craniosacral and all these other healing modalities that became a big part of my lifestyle and my healing process. So yeah, it was at that point when I realized like, Oh, <laughs> this is not, this is not normal like this, you know, and that maybe somebody could actually help me with it. So kind of an isolating experience then if you feel like you're, you know, that this is an odd thing that not everyone does that. So I know you did have some profound experiences when you 
when you were starting into these different modalities. So can you talk to me a little bit about what was happening and changing for you and what exactly you were doing? Yeah, so uh, one of the first, um, when I was first introduced to Brain Gym, so that was kind of the first thing, you know, that was different that I hadn't experienced before and and was part of like just understanding like oh okay there's trauma stored in my body and and how to unwind some of that and so a lady that I worked with at the time she she was so profound in helping me get on my like health journey and and sorry can you just explain to us what brain gym is so basically it's uh, with kinesiology and so it just kind of helps. Uh, so she had me do all kinds of different exercises and things that would help basically just helping me to understand even like emotions that I was having and discovering kind of where they came from. Yeah. And then, so then I got introduced to essential oils and I, the first time I smelled them, I thought it was disgusting. I wasn't like I had a <laughs> I had a very like it was like this is gross. Why I don't understand this. But anyway, I the lady at the my friend at the time that I was rooming and boarding with um, had had a lot, lot of health challenges, and she was like she had discovered this, and it was really helping her in her own health journey. And so she just encouraged me, you know, like just just try to smell it every day and put it you know put it over your heart, put it on uh, your shoulders, and just see you know, to see how you feel. I had bought it basically really to just be supportive of her. But then I had, it was, I, I was a single person at the time, not making that much money. And so I felt like, oh, you know, I spent this money, I'm going to use it. And then all of a sudden I noticed like, just like a couple of weeks into using it, like I felt better. I just, and, and I don't know if I can pinpoint exactly one thing about it, but I just, my outlook on life was more positive. I, I realized that I didn't have just, I don't know as much even emotional pain. I don't know if I can, if that makes any sense, but I just started feeling better and uh, I just got a like crazy interest in like, what is this? Like what is happening? And so as, as I started using more oils, one of the other major things that happened for me at that time was I had, I hadn't had a period in three years and oh, wow. that, yeah, that was also part of like when I was 15, the doctors had told me you can never have children like I had a lot of issues with my cycle and they had me on all kinds of different things and nothing really seemed to work. And so after using the oils, like it was about two months, um, I, my period came back Wow! and, and it was normal and I didn't have pain and like it was healthy and I, like there was no other explanation for that. So it was very, and you know, it, it changed once I had children again, but, you know, and generally speaking, um, like I had, like after I started using essential oils, I had, and now I have two healthy children as well. And so sometimes I want to go back to the doctor and say, don't tell 15 year old children these things. First yeah. of all, how could he have known? Second of all, like that's, even if that was like, that's probably not appropriate to tell a child that, but anyway. And also about holistic health, right? I mean, Look, let's start looking at what else is happening. Clearly, if you're having severe digestive issues along with multiple other symptoms, I mean, we've got to look, right? We've got to take a look at not just blanket, you know, blanket say that things are not going to happen. And so that's kind of what we talk about here a lot is just holism, like looking at the whole body and how everything is connected. So did you start in with food or anything or diet as well along with the essential oils? Yeah, so that was one of um, 
Yeah, that was a big part of it as well. And so, and yeah, exactly. I'm so grateful now that even, you know, we're more aware of looking at our bodies holistically. And uh, yeah, so at that time, like I grew up on a farm, so my eating, you know, was a lot of cooked foods. And so, I mean, my parents grew everything. Um, I would say, generally speaking, they were pretty healthy in terms of, um, you know, how I grew up. However, my body just didn't respond you know, in that way. And so when I moved in, so that was one of the great things I would had been living with a bunch of girls. And then I moved in and Ruben boarded with this uh, family who became a uh, really great friends of mine. And, and, uh, she was very into, she cooked like two meals, one for herself and one for everyone else. And so I just started eating what she was cooking for herself, which was, you know, just more healthful foods and more nourishing foods and less cooked foods and less meat and those kinds of things. And so I just started noticing, like I, I ended up cutting out sugar, um, for a number of years, like white sugar, all sugar, white flour, a white rice, like white potatoes. <laughs> like there was a bunch of things that I consciously removed from my diet and, and that uh, made a huge difference as well. And like introducing cleansing, uh, with different foods and juicing and those kinds of things back in the day as well. And so those were critical on my health journey as well as a support lifestyle. Yeah, sure. well, those, those especially the like refined carbohydrates and sugars, I mean, those just create like low-grade inflammation in the system. So I can imagine how that would transform your digestive system and just your systems in general. So were there any essential oils you were using specifically as well for the digestive system? I mean, I know you were using them really for like emotional health at the beginning. And so is there anything you were doing specifically with oils to help those concerns? Yeah, I was. So fennel oil was like a really, really big supportive oil that I used a lot of in peppermint. And like at the time as well, um, so... Carol, my friend that was that I was living with at the time and, and she was doing a lot of the cooking, we started experimenting around too with adding essential oils into our food. And uh, so like we would use in place of herbs and stuff, we would start uh, just using the essential oils. And, and uh, I started noticing a big benefit for that as well in just how I felt after eating the food. And then I would also topically um, put peppermint on my stomach like every time I had a big meal and fennel and I would drink fennel in uh, warm water as well um, before eating a meal and after eating a meal. And that also really helped. And, and so we just started experimenting with a lot of um, using different oils with the food as well as, as putting them on topically in my body. And that was a huge, huge benefit. And I, uh, lemon was a, was another one that I used, like I put it in my water. I just, I used it in so many different ways. And I felt like that made a big difference. Uh, and how I felt around food as well, like eating food and and um, di like the aftermath of eating food as well. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to the eating it in your food in a minute. I just want to ask, and did you notice any connection between the digestive health and your emotional health? So, was there any connection there when you started to look at your mental health and your emotional health and changing that? Were you finding any connection between that and your digestive health? So what I'm trying to get at here is, you know, everything's connected. And so we sometimes when it comes to the digestive system, it's literally a place where we hold on to things. And so were you noticing any kind of connections there? 
Yeah, definitely. I I was amazed actually when reading through some of the literature of how both that connection and definitely that's where I started to put together into my adulthood of, you know, the connection with my persistent digestive problems and the trauma that I had gone through as a, as a child and understanding going to be able to go back and look at, okay, like as, as a, you know, my five-year-old inside, like, what am I holding on to? And, and there were so many things like, you know, the belief that it was my fault. Of course it wasn't as an adult, you can rationalize that, but having to go back and understand, oh, I'm hanging on to all of these emotions and trauma. And that is, um, you know, that's affecting my physical health as well and my physical well-being every day. And so, yeah, there is definitely, I really started noticing that was one of the things, you know, working through some of that and, and peppermint became really powerful um, in inhaling and putting that on and, and the connection with the physical and the emotional support, even just with that oil was profound for me. Yeah. And that oil just brings so much oxygen to the brain as well, not just for the digestive support, but for the, for the actual brain. And so yeah, that has a will have a profound effect as well. And it's implicated for like mood disorders as well, which is which is pretty incredible in the research. Okay, so let's go back to the food and the essential oils in the food. So as a clinical aromatherapist, we're trained not to use aromatherapy internally in North America. I should say, unless you are experienced, that is the general philosophy. So my own professional views here kind of tend to be what other aromatherapists would call liberal, but I understand that we are already ingesting essential oils in like in the drinks, you know, colas and juices and, and candies and different things that we're already consuming. And that when we use them judiciously, that they're not as scary as they're made out to be. So speak to me about why you started putting in the food. I, I, I recognize the, you said that it was about just experimenting. Um, was that it? Or was there some other reason why, um, why you would put it in there? Is there a specific benefit that you can speak to me about? So I, at the time, the education that we had then was by a man who had been doing clinical studies. So I don't know if there's actual uh, research to find on it. But at the time, what this man was finding in his clinic was essential oils were helping digest all the chemicals. Like there's so much chemicals in the foods that we're digesting and the air that we're breathing in the homes that we're living in. It's all around us. And so he was finding at the time that by adding in essential oils into the food, people were having better results. Um, and, and it was showing that essential oils actually were helping with the uptake of nutrients from the food. And so, and also digesting chemicals and stuff that are in our body. And so for me, um, it just became like essential oils are highly concentrated and a little goes a long way. And so it was you know, lots of times we ended up throwing out food because, oh, like two drops of an essential oil is too much. So when I'm talking about using essential oils and recipes, like it's not very much. And sometimes it's like dipping your toothpick into the oil. And so making sure, you know, of course, that you're using the highest quality of essential oil because you are like I was putting those in my body. So I definitely was doing research and there wasn't a lot of uh, essential oils available where I was living at the time. And so I was really grateful to find very high quality ones that I felt safe putting them in my body, knowing that they weren't being diluted with anything. And so, yeah, that was one of the biggest reasons, which is that they were finding a lot of health benefits to adding it into the food and that you would get more health benefit from your food by adding the essential oil in. 
And so you said diluting it with anything, but I think you mean adulterating. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, I just yeah, wanted to adulterating. That, yeah. Yeah. A, that's a big that's right. Diluting. Yeah. Diluting in the essential oil would means a different thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and to consume it in food, you know, it's a very different, that is actually one of the safety things that we talk about in, in aromatherapy college really is that the risk comes from when it's like swallowing a teaspoon of liquid Right, because it's so irritating to the esophagus. But when it's in food or emulsed in like a puree or a drink, it's already diluted. You're, it's in something already that your body is already digest, digesting it. So, so it's easier on the body than if it's in some food. So I know you did a lot of experimenting with this. So can you talk to me? I know you have a cookbook. So can you talk to me a little bit about your cookbook that you and kind of how that started and and where it is now. Yeah. So it is really funny, especially to my family that I made a cookbook. So here, here I am, anyone out there listening, if you think you can't do it, I'm telling you right now, I'm like the worst cook in the world. And if I can do it, trust me, you can. So really (laughs) how it started was out of necessity for my health. And um, so then I had friends coming to my house going like, you know, where can we get these recipes? Like how, like, I want these, like, how can I get those? Like, do you have them somewhere? And then it was like, where's your cookbook? Like, we need your cookbook. I need your recipes. And so that's kind of how it started was just even with clients that I was working with at the time. And, and, you know, just found like there was a huge need for that. And, you know, just even serving our friends and family. And it was like, oh, you know, and a lot of, so it, it really started out of necessity, and then evolved into sharing them with other people. And so it really is like a basic. So someone who doesn't really know anything about health and that was kind of, you know, I didn't know a lot about health at the time. And so that's, it was, you know, I was taking basic recipes and how to convert them and, um, you know, then making up my own recipe. So it's pretty basic. And so it's a really good entry level into if you're not, if you don't know a lot about health and you have a desire to um, have a more healthy uh, lifestyle, then, you know, that's really what this cookbook was for people who didn't know what to do and, but who wanted and that was me. That was me. I didn't really know a lot. And so, yeah, there it's a it's a good entry level to health cookbook recipes. So this is like, are we looking at like gluten free type things and no like no refined sugars? Is that what we're talking here? Or are we talking like vegan recipes? So this was uh, so my original recipes were from twenty years ago. So it was more at that point um, a lot of yeah alternatives to wheat, alternatives to white sugar alternatives to processed food and so it's not all just like gluten-free or like a vegan but there is a lot of gluten-free recipes in there and and it teaches you how to convert so if you have some of your favorite recipes and you just want to up level them to healthier that was part of like the purpose behind our education in the cookbook as well as how do you do that how do I take my favorite recipe and make that healthier and so uh, there is gluten-free recipes in it um, however it's not as strictly gluten-free recipes. So we use, we use flours that have little to no gluten. So if someone was in a situation like yours, what would be your, your, the main thing you would recommend them to start doing and start looking at for their own advancement of their own health? Yeah, that's a really good question. So one of the things I would definitely do is seek out like right now in the time and space that we live in, there's so many resources and so much available. So I would definitely, you know, one of the first things that I wish I had done actually back and you know what, how the medical world has changed even now that we've started doing is like get all of your 
find out where you're at. Like find out what is actually happening in your body. Get all of your tests done, your, you know, your minerals, your all of the levels in your body. Start there so that you know, like that's your starting point. Okay, this is what's happening. And then from there, I would seek, you know, in the natural health world, there's so many uh, resources as well. And I have a really great naturopath doctor that started me on a really good path as well. So I would say that's a really good starting point to kind of get. And then from there to figure out once you kind of know what the health, the state of your health is, then you can make choices on, okay, what do you actually need? And then seek out those resources. Yeah. And when other things are not working or nothing is really helping and changing in the traditional route, it sometimes can be really beneficial to just find someone who has a more holistic view. So who's really going to do the deep dive testing and investigate the emotional impact and investigate how, you know, that condition might be affected to your diet or to your, your digestive system in, in, in general and how that might be connected with emotional health. So I'm, I applaud you for, for seeking that out because sometimes that's a longer route and it can be difficult to really get down to the, these root causes and the holistic view of your health and, and just, you know, taking self responsibility. And that's when we look at aromatherapy, that's really what aromatherapy is. And that's what a clinical aromatherapy is, is attempting to do is to develop a system of self-responsibility that others recognize that they play a part in their own health. So I applaud you for that. And just for, you know, really digging, digging deep. It's a, it's a big deal. It really is. Yeah, it is. All right. Where can we find your, your cookbook and more about you? So right now the cookbook is under um, a transformation. And so it'll be available uh, later and it'll be put just posted on, uh, you can find me at Instagram at uh, Fur and Lace and uh, F-I-R-A-N-D-L-A-C-E. And it'll be posted in there. But right now we're upgrading and up-leveling some of the recipes and adding more to it. And so I'm excited for when that comes out later this year. Oh, awesome. Are you doing it like a test kitchen? Yeah, so we had, uh, so the first round we did, um, yeah, it was like two year test kitchen. And it was actually like a pretty amazing uh, time. And so yeah, I've been working on, uh, we've been doing a test kitchen um, the last couple of years again, and just um, testing out new recipes, whatever that will be added in, into uh, the cookbook. So it won't be a new one, it'll just be an up leveled version of the one that we have right now. Yeah. Well, anytime mm-hmm. I do take free samples of food, so I'd be happy <laughs> to be your test subject. Uh, yes, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for joining us. Is there anything else that you would like to add or to share? Uh, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, we need people like you out here that are willing to um, do not just debunk, but simplify a lot of information. Like when we, when I first started learning about essential oils, you know, there wasn't a lot of information out there and you were like a weirdo. And so I love now that it's so mainstream, but then there's so much information now. And so I just wanted to say a special thank you for people, for you especially, and you know, for others like you out there that are helping everyone understand, you know, what's true and what's not true and taking something that can be complex and simplifying it for us uh, layman people to understand better how to use it for our health and how to have this tool in our toolbox because it, it is transformational. So thank you for that. Yes. Thank you very much. We, that is our mission is just kind of break through 
the the wild west of the internet. Yeah. It's a pretty wild place out there. So thank you so much for joining us and we'll be in touch again. Thank you so much, Cheryl. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.